architecture and this application I'm trying to build called Matino. It's like a sustainable platform for material and design. Thank you for taking the time to be here this evening. It's really, really a pleasure to have you here. I've met you, how many times, just once, right? Yes. And that was at the charity event we were at. Yes, yes, yes for dis so children with disabilities. Yes, with disabilities. Yes. Uh, have, you, have you been a part of that organization for a long time? I know people who are part of it, but personally, that was the first time I went. Okay. Because they weren't doing so many events during Corona. Right, there, nobody was, but there yeah. were a few people in there that managed to get around and went all over the place. On Facebook, they were more active during Corona oh, than without Corona, and I was admiring it. I was saying, wow, but I decided not to for, for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. How long have you been in Japan, first of all? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, I have been here for, I believe, altogether nearly 17 years, 16 and a half. Has this been straight in one time? Or did no, you no. Uh, I was here two, three years after I was 18 years old for university studies. And then I took a small break, a year and a half. And then one year in Europe, a year and a half in Middle East. And then I came back. Right. So. And where were you born? I was born in the Middle East. In the Middle East, okay. Yeah. And did you grow up there? No, no, I lived there only three, three years, four years. Three years. You have siblings? I do. I have a brother and a sister. And you told me you're in the middle. Yes, the one that gets forgotten. That gets forgotten. <laughs> so say, we, I know we have two kids, but we can't. Forrest lives somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And what, what are they? You have an older sister that is loved like a princess, and okay. then a younger brother, younger which brother. is like. The, the unique boy of the family. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm the copy one. <laughs> You're the copy one. Now, is your older sister married? No, no. She's not married? She, she's not interested. Not in that. interested yet. She loves science, so okay. she's all into that. <laughs> is she still in the Middle East or is she here? Oh, no, she, she's a doctor. She lives in Europe. She has been living there since like, like years ago, like childhood kind of thing. Okay, what about your little brother? My brother, he used to design cars. He loves cars. And now he lives in Vancouver. In Vancouver. Is in he Canada. married? Yes, he is married and he has like four cats. He doesn't have any four. kids. Okay, I was going to say four cats. <laughs> I said, so you haven't been made an aunt yet. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that he has been married close to 10 years, but he believes cats are better than children. <laughs> so he keeps on adopting from <laughs> shelters. And his wife isn't interested, obviously, in having no. kids. So they're, they're, they're enjoying each other. Yeah, they love it. They, yes, they love yeah. traveling. They love doing what they do. So. Are you close with your brother and sisters? Um, depends what close means. Well, I mean, I know distance-wise you're not, because you yes. guys live all over the place. But were you raised to be close? No, no. I don't, I don't think that's the way my family ever taught. My dad used to say the world is so big, you can choose who you want as your fa real family. Okay. Go for it. And we were not ever raised as like a united family kind of I friends. See. Yeah. Okay. And your mother and father still together? Yeah. All right. Are they in Europe or in the Middle East? They live in both. Like they, they, they are six months here, six months there. Okay. Like they're jumping around a lot. Right. Now you said when you were young, you didn't stay in the Middle East. You moved. How old were you when you yeah, moved outside of there? I was. I actually don't have a memory when I moved. We we were in Europe for a long time. That's how okay. my sister went there too. 
for a very long time, and then I went to I got I got a scholarship, and then we moved to South Korea, and then I moved to Japan. So we have been moving around a lot, but like South Korea, for example, my sister wasn't with us okay. or stuff like that much. I think she was with us only one year. And Japan, I don't think we have. Japan is mostly me. Did you travel because your father, because of his business? Yes, his business asked him to move around. And he moved all over the place. So, what are the places? Where have you been? Where have you lived? I have lived. Oh, this is such a hard question. Let me, let me, because <laughs> we moved so much. Like, I have to say, 12 from elementary school to high school, I changed school seven, eight times. Wow. I changed countries six, seven times. So, it's very hard for me to, because I stopped caring after a while, you know? You just get in a plane and go wherever, as long as you can fit everything in your little bag. We were in Europe, maybe Italy, France, and then Germany. Uh, my sister was in Netherlands, so I was a little bit there with her. And then South Korea and Japan, it's me. Okay. And I think there are two other places, but I have really vague memories of them when I was okay. very child. So what kind, of, what kind of child were you? Were you more academic or were you more sports-minded? I was the kid that was climbing every tree and stealing the birds' eggs because no one taught me you shouldn't touch those things because they were colorful. But I never really had, I was actually the first in class always. I never really studied, but somehow I was the first in class. Okay. I, I wasn't, I think I was smart <laughs> when I was a kid. Now I don't have it anymore. But I love climbing trees. Like anywhere we go, there's a tree, I'm somewhere on top of it. Everyone knows. School used to send so many complaints to my parents about it, because I remember in Italy all the schools have like trees and gardens and stuff. It's not like Japan; it's concrete base, you know. And I remembered so many complaints they would get, like your child doesn't come down. We don't have insurance for children climbing trees. <laughs> and but yeah, but I still was the first in school, so not sporty but not really academic okay. kind of a but case. did you like to read did you have any books like read? so because some people like to sit home home and they like to go through stories oh, I hate that you didn't like that I didn't like that did at you watch all. television a lot yeah television. okay what, what are some of the so things that you liked on television oh uh, the thing is that it used to be so different when I was a kid the animations and stuff weren't like this CG stuff in, I remember in Italy, most of the animation were these Japanese, meaningful, deep animations that they were translated into Italian. That's how I learned Italian at first, because I wasn't going to school, and I couldn't communicate with the kids at the park. So what I was, was your first language? My, you most? Uh, my first language in school was Italian, okay. but this is before I went to school. I see, okay. So I had to like learn Italian from mm -hmm. TV, and I was watching this... Japanese animations constantly and they were so deep like if you think about it old animations are so deep while the new ones are like just weird cartoon characters before it was like this girl who comes from this really poor family she wants to succeed in school and get a scholarship and she's studying day and night you know you see that and you're like hmm, I'm gonna try to be that. <laughs> it's stuff that left you with, a, with an impression. Exactly. It felt like it was a life really being led yes. over again, but it was just in a comic form. Yes, exactly. That is yeah. interesting. So you like those kind of things? Yeah, I used to watch them every what day. What about movies? Did you like to watch like dramas, or did, were you more into comedies, or did you like action? 
Mm, I never watched movies. Oh, you didn't watch movies at all. As 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 a, as a child. Actually, the first time I went to a movie theater, cinema, I was eighteen or nineteen, I think. Yeah. Okay. A TV for me was just animations and some of these animations, not everything. Like mm -hmm. the little frogs trying to win the big bad bird. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. Those kind of things. Other than that, we were in school like from 7.30 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m. and then mm -hmm. do two, three hours homework, mm -hmm. you know, watch a bit of animation. Well, like since you weren't close with your brother or your sister, mm -hmm. your sister or your brother, mm -hmm. I remember growing up I had mm -hmm. two best friends. Mm -hmm. One through elementary school, his name was mm -hmm. John Gohler, and then I had one in high school. Raymond Johnson. Mm -hmm. Both of them have ceased, uh, both deceased by now. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't very, I had friends on the on the neighborhood, but I w didn't have best friends. Did you have any friends that you remember, even now that you kind of think back? You know, they don't have to be people that are with you, but people that you said, "That's who I stayed with a lot, and we played a lot together." Or no, I didn't actually, okay. because we moved so much. And when you move different countries, sometimes you don't understand the language. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for kids, you can't communicate with. Mm -hmm. And right now, you have this Facebook and all these things that you can connect to people, right? Yes. When I was a kid, there was no internet. There's no phone. There's nothing. So it's not like I remember the cell phones were like these big black boxes. <laughs> That's how old I am, <laughs> by the way. And. And people I used to meet, honestly, I wouldn't, at first I would try to ask their names, but after a while you don't even care about names. You so you didn't have, you mean, do you have friends that, who do you kind of remember in your childhood? Some kids probably impressed you. Actually, no one. Is that no. weird? Did you have teachers that you felt, wow, I really like that teacher? Yes, but she died from cancer six months after what I grade was this? As elementary third year, I think, or third fourth year. year so and you really liked her? Yes. She what, has what about her? She had a, a kid. Her husband, I think, had left her. She had a kid, and she used to bring the kid to school, and I used to play with her child. Was this in Italy? This is in Italy. Okay, yes. And she couldn't get, I think, kindergarten. There wasn't a good support and stuff. So I remember she would sometimes bring her kid. And I used to bring, play with her kid. And the good thing is that I didn't need Italian language to play with the newborn child. So I had sometimes something to do during the breaks between classes. <laughs> and she used to always give me like a lot of, she helped me a lot with Italian too. And she used to give me a lot of confidence, like, oh no, don't worry about it, or bring me cookies. Because a lot of the kids used to bring lunch to school, but my parents were too, too busy to give us lunch and stuff like that. So if we want to buy, but the teacher used to bring me lunch sometimes. And you loved her for that. Oh, I loved her. Like she used to make me cookies and little apple cakes. But she actually passed away six months, I believe, from cancer. She took you mean, it very with long. The, you mean from the time you met her? So you knew her for six months? I knew her for so six months. So she was suffering while you knew her and just not telling you? I am not sure about yeah. that part. Maybe she didn't know or something, okay. or maybe she, she found out. out. But she went absent after six months, and they told me she's very sick. And then after a while, mm -hmm. like some, they told my parents that oh yeah, her t her teacher had cancer, so mm -hmm. she she's not gonna come back. And after a while, like yeah, we didn't hear anything from her. And then they said it was like last stage, so mm -hmm. so it, it was implied that she's she passed away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And you forget, but you were just in the third grade, right? Yeah, third or fourth grade around that time. I figured it out. So what subjects did you, what were your biggest interests in school? Because mm. you always did the best, but what was your things you liked? Biology. I was really wait, wait, good. From kin wait, wait. Elementary school, you did not do biology. We did sciences. We had okay, sciences. Okay, And that's what you, what did you like about it? What parts of it did you like? It's a story. Everything was a story. Such as? Give me an example. Uh, for example, how do I say it? Uh, it's so hard. Okay, there was this animation in Italy when we watched it. It's actually a Japanese one that it's like the story of the body, human body. It's like little red blood cells walking around and then there is these viruses attacking and then these white blood cells come with their cars, you know? And I loved that so much. So in the science classes that they used to take us to pick up leaves, everything felt like it's like a story. It has its own animation to it connected. And I loved that so much. But with math, I wasn't bad. I was always good and I got full grades, but it just was boring. It was predictable always, you know. You just two plus two is always four, you know. But with science, you, like you could mix it up. You could, you could, I don't know, come up with different stories, see different sides of it, and how it reacts. So like I used to love, like we used to gather leaves, different leaves, different colors, the veins in it, draw them. But my my school was very unique as well. I believe I used to go to a lot of international expensive schools, as you can see. Uh, so we used to have these specific classes. Like we used to, I was in middle school and we had like astronomy and geology classes, which normally you wouldn't have in normal classes. And I loved like watching supernova pictures of this dust coming out. So science. I love science so much. And you did they let you look in telescopes and stuff yes, like that too? Yes, everything. We did that. We used to go to um, science museums for things. Uh, we used to do, uh, what do you call it, the Cosmo thingy. There's this, this huge... Observatory? Yes, observatories. They would take us. They would make us watch these movies. Everyone was bored because they were like, we can never go there. But I loved it so much. I'm like, just because I can't go, I want to touch it. You know? It was so exciting. Just imagine how big they are and how small and pointless we are. You know, If I could go back, I would choose astronomy. So do you ever think of yourself, so wh how did you feel like looking at the Earth mm. from the back? Like you said, we're so small mm. when you really think about it. Mm. But yet we feel so big when we're here. Yes. I think it's because we define things through our own perception. That is the thing. When you look outside, there is no perception of yourself anymore. You cannot put yourself on the center of it. But then the second you come back to where you are, everything goes through your own perception, your eye. Your, you, you become the center of your decision making and you have to make that big. It's true. If you have no, no sense of self, then you cannot decide. You know? To, to make decisions, you need that, so mm -hmm. it's acceptable. However, I, I, I have a bit of a kind of an OCD kind of thing. I'm super hyperactive normally, and I talk really fast, and my brain is all over the place. So the only time I could calm down is like you look at something that you cannot reach. It's like infinity big, and it's so big that you cannot put a size on it, and that just calms you down. That, that goes like, you know what? You, your brain goes like, I, I, cannot, I cannot process this, so I'm going to just go down. And I love that feeling so much. It was well, that so must nice. be why you told me there's one more thing that slowed you down. 
Yeah. Being pregnant. <laughs> yeah, the baby. <laughs> yeah, because it took my energy away. <laughs> That's a different kind of slowing down. Yes. How, how far are you now? Actually, it's going to be born in 12 days. 12 days? Yes. You're going to have an October baby? Yes, me the October baby. That's my birthday. Oh, in October, yeah. yes. Oh, I hope it That's becomes beautiful. like you. Oh, come <laughs> Not on. Like me. Come on. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank that is you nice. So, so your husband, how long have you been married? Actually, we have been together for eight years, but we got married um, a year and a half ago. Yes, exactly. A year and, a half, yeah. a year and ten months ago, exactly. Actually. And you told me your husband, which I thought would have been since you're in Japan, mm -hmm. Japanese, he mm. is not. He's Australian. Oh, yes. Japanese men cannot tolerate someone like you. There's no way <laughs> Because when you're not pregnant, you are a hyper. You have to be Oof. looking in the sky to be Oof. able to be cool. Oof, yes. I'm someone who sleeps three hours a night, and she wants to do thousands of things. He just sits there and looks at me and says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then whenever he can help, he helps. But I don't think Japanese men would... <laughs> Who <laughs> would want a wife who speaks five languages <laughs> and wants to run companies? And <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me the languages you speak. Uh, I speak Persian. I speak uh, Japanese, Italian. I understand Korean, uh, English. I believe I do kind of understand English <laughs> to some extent. Do you feel you have a knack for languages? It's easy for you to pick them up because five languages—that's. Yeah, but I do French and Spanish as well. But mm, the thing is that I think language needs empathy. A lot of people think you need a lot of brains for language, but I believe language needs a bit of empathy. So you will see that there are people who study French for 20 years, but they, they still cannot speak. Like I, I personally cannot speak because I studied in this school. However, I, I'm not sure if I have a nick for languages, but I do have empathy towards places I lived in, towards the people. So I try to connect with them, and language comes as the easiest way to connect with those people. Wow. So. You have most definitely mastered languages. But the other thing, too, is you're quite the business person. <laughs> now, when did, now, when did that start? Because when you came to Japan, mm -hmm. you came here as a student? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was 19 years old. <laughs> and what were you studying? Uh, architecture. Architecture. So did you get a degree in that? Yes. I was, um, so I'm still doing my PhD that never ends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the PhD that never ends. All right. So then how did you use that? How are you applying what you learned in college or you're not? Oh, I'm, I am. Okay. Actually, I have my own little architecture studio. I do. Is that what your company is? An architecture company? Two, I have two. What, what are they? So one of them is I do sustainable design. So I used to work with big corporate Japan, and I know how much architecture wastes. To be honest, you are very, very wasteful people. More than half the pollution in the world and all the CO2 emission everyone talks about is architecture, actually. Okay. More than half of it. Actually, in that, 30% of it is materials alone to mine it and bring all this city to you. That's architecture. So I quit my big company work, corporate life, and I started my own little thing. I do sustainable design, so I design beautiful things, but with sustainable materials by decreasing the CO2 emissions, by caring about choice, what choices we make, and bringing a little bit more of innovative construction technologies, because architecture is just ancient. It never would changes. I, would I be able to n recognize any of the work that you've done here? 
I have done some work here actually I recently we recently opened a, a co-working office and a coffee shop too sustainable coffee shop close to Yaisu Tokyo Station okay. we have one there uh, oh the G8 building in Ise is was mine that the heads of the G G8 now there are seven I think they kick Russia out <laughs> so that building media center I designed that there's some buildings I have designed around here but I don't do huge huge buildings anymore I used to work with like Nikken Sekera they do towers okay. and stuff like that which I think is a waste and the population doesn't need them anymore to be how honest. long have you had that company the one that is architecture Mm, I have started it two years and a half ago, closely. Okay. I registered it a year and a half ago, but I have been doing it for two years and a half. Okay. What's the other company do? The other one, it's like MPO. I help startups with, like, sh introducing them to mentors. I used to work with other f foundations, like Nippon Foundations and other foundations to help social goods. So any startup who wanted to do an impact innovation, because I wanted to do it, but I couldn't find help, someone to help me. So we came up with this program that it would accept half foreign entrepreneurs, half Japanese, and 30% female entrepreneurs, and then seed stage, like beginners. And we would give them free mentorship, free lectures, free PR. Like you could use PR Times or Amazon, like data, you know, this cloud and stuff like that. So I was doing that for like three years and a half. You still so doing that? I actually am quitting that because it takes a lot of time, a I lot of energy, so. and gathering funds from all these foundations is quite difficult. And during Corona, a lot of the lectures just became on Zoom, and foundations don't want to risk. They wouldn't rent us like meeting rooms to gather with the startups and stuff like that. So I actually kind of put a halt on it this year from April. I was doing it until last, uh, this coming April, but I put a halt on it. So you're and focusing on totally on just your architecture? Architecture and this application I'm trying to build called Matino. It's like a sustainable platform for material and design. So you can go on it and if you're a designer, you can find sustainable materials you can use to help you design what you want. Is that up and running now? No, I'm, I'm, I'm still coding. You're designing, you started. Oh, yeah. you code as well? Uh, well, not really. But you know, you understand what needs yes. to be done. I hear you. I, I, I'm not that good at coding. I can't pretend. Know <laughs> you know, but you know people that are, and you make sure yes. they do it right. Yeah. So, like, I did the UI, UX design with some friends, too. So, and they're coding it. We started in April, actually. You have partners in your company, or are you... So we are eight people right now with Martino. With Martino, we are eight people. But uh, I own 85% of Martino, mostly. Mm -hmm. We're looking for like angel investors or people who care about sustainability and want to join us. Build so them. how do they reach you? How do people reach you? Do you have a website? Yeah, we do. It's okay. called, for Martino, it's like martino.co. That there's a story, what we want to do is we make, I mean, I made some movies <laughs> and okay. things like that. Matino, spell it. It's M A T, material like material. Okay. I N N O, innovation like right. uh, Matino. That right. C O. Okay. And if can they get that, they can find out everything they need to know about your. Mm, I mean, for to help donate, you want them to donate. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They, they will find out the story, what we want to build, movies of it, the okay. UX design of will it. Will they see what you've done? 
yeah, they can see videos yeah. of what we have done so far. Mm, but my own company for architecture is called New Norm Design. It's different from Latino. So, okay. yeah, I do a lot of weird things. But that's <laughs> what, Latino's the one that you're just starting to do. In the April, yes. In April, we're right, okay. We're talking to manufacturers. Right. So far, everyone loves it because Japanese manufacturers have promised the government to decrease their CO2 emissions by 30%, but they don't know how to do it. So Matino actually gives them the platform to do that. Mm -hmm. So and, and architecture material is a $500 billion market in Japan. So even if we get 1%. It would be good. <laughs> yeah, so we just need more support in some extent because it's very hard as like, you know, everyone talks about supporting female entrepreneurs, foreigners, but in the end, it's a lot more marketing than actually supporting. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel? Do you so think that's really difficult for you here being a female? Yeah, definitely. In Japan, it's very difficult. Japan, I think, even while I, I'm pregnant, a lot of clients treat you like you have some kind of a weird disease, you mm -hmm. know? Like, oh, please don't do stairs. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I, I have been going to construction site every day <laughs> like this. So, so it's it's they start they start treating you like you're not part of society somehow anymore. So what do you, wh why do you stay here then? Why do you stay? I know. I actually wanted to go to Australia with my husband, and then Corona hit. Your husband's in Australia now? No, actually he came here. He used to be there, but because okay. of Corona, he couldn't travel anymore. Because his job used to be going, he was a field engineer for... So he's doing his work and you're doing yours, so they're separate, they're not the same? They're, they're not the same, they're okay. completely separate. He tried to help me, but yeah. as you, you know can see... You know how that see, worked out. Yeah, that did not go so well, because I'm very picky, very precise, and he's like mechanical engineer that cares about machinery you know what I mean like a field engineer like supervisor and I'm like the person who goes into the emails and checks every vocabulary <laughs> and he's like I don't even write emails <laughs> I don't care <laughs> so we, we, we tried we tried we tried but yeah I was very disappointed about his business mindset kind of a approach <laughs> and he told me I'm a freak Control freak, so that's it. <laughs> no, I have a friend. Mm -hmm. If you look at the podcast, mm -hmm. David put it this way. Mm -hmm. He said, when people call him a control freak, he says, no, I'm a control enthusiast. <laughs> and I said, that's what I'm going to start using. That is really a better way of putting it. I will use that, definitely. You're a control enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> control <I don't> freak. <laughs> so the issue is that when you work with your partner, because you at home too, you're together and work you're together. So at home you say, go buy milk, like yogurt and this and that. And then at work you're telling him, do this, do that. <laughs> he feels like he's being told what to do all day. <laughs> so yeah. I, kind of, yeah, yeah men, I think they're not so used to. <laughs> I'm sorry. But not it does. It's, it's, it's <laughs> true. I understand totally. I understand totally. Mm. So what are you, your future plans are basically to work on these two companies. Do you have yes. anything else that you... No, no. I was hoping to become a board member of, of a, like a like an MPO kind of a thing to help with the social impact. Because right now I'm closing the impact tech side. Maybe as a part time, I wanted to become or animal shelter because I love animals. S but other than that, I think those two would pretty much take my 
all my time, maybe this kid would take another 20% off. I would think so. I would think so. Do you plan on being in Japan for the foreseeable future, or are you actually thinking about it? I stopped planning, to be honest. I was taking so it day by day. Yeah, I used to be someone who used to have a two-year plan, five-year plan, and a ten-year plan. So far, that went really well until I was t 30. <laughs> After that, it's just I don't have control over it anymore. It's, it's like Corona happened before that, a client came and that client came, and then and I wanted to move to this city in Australia. Fires happened and burned down, <laughs> and then floods happened. So I just take it day by day, see mm. how it goes. And mm. To be honest, countries I think make no sense anymore. It's just you can do anything if you have internet right now, right? It doesn't matter where you are. It's where your mind wants to be at this point, right? So. Here's a question I end with, with everyone. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give 20-year-old Fong? Mm. Don't care so much about what other people think of you and look at life as a game that you have to gather skills to level up. Don't force yourself to be perfect to level up. Just gather the skills first and then slowly, slowly level up. Maybe it's very hard for you to understand that part, what I'm trying to say, but if I could tell myself something, I would be like, just chill, gather the skills and then build a strategy <laughs> to level up not like fight with the, with everything around you in your mind to make everything perfect you know what I mean? <laughs> thank you so much it's very hard that's Sorry. good advice that is thank good advice so <laughs> thank you so much i want to thank all of you for watching this podcast make sure you press like and subscribe and remember it's all unknown so reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>